Hello, listeners. This is Rusty Turner. I'm the editor of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and welcome to the Know the News podcast. Today, we're going to talk about a story we have coming up this week about police high-speed chases and uh, the policies that police uh, uh, police departments use to determine when's the appropriate time to 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 chase after a uh, a fleeing suspect and when when not. And we're also going to talk to a person who was uh, injured uh, when a when a fleeing vehicle from a police officer uh, crashed into her vehicle. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about the, the fallout from, from these, these high-speed chases when they don't go well. Uh, also jo- joining me today is Ron Wood. He's a reporter here for the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and it's his story that we're, we're talking about today that will come out on Sunday uh, in the newspaper. Hi, Ron. Hello. Thanks for being here. Also with us is Kathy Staggs. She is uh, works in the business office here at the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. But uh, the reason she's in the news <laughs> is that uh, about uh, about four months ago, her uh, she was in a car that was hit by a fleeing suspect, uh, a suspect fleeing from police, uh, and was injured severely injured. And uh, uh, she's going to relate a little bit of that story for us. Hi, Kathy. How are you? Which is fine today. Thank you. All right. Um, so let's start with Ron, uh, and tell us a little bit about your story that's coming out Sunday about high-speed chases. Well, we, uh, we started working on this story largely, uh, because of Kathy's, uh, experience. And, uh, we learned that, uh, we didn't know as much about it as we uh, had initially thought, particularly, uh, what happens, uh, to innocent bystanders, uh, collateral damage from from those kinds of chases and we want also wanted to look at uh, what various departments do and how they tell their officers to uh, respond and there are some differences but for the most part uh, a lot of it is up to the officer to decide there in a split second whether it's worth chasing some about someone or not and uh that's all I got. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks, Ron. Now, Kathy, uh, I, I know it's, I know this was several months ago, but I would imagine the memories are still pretty, pretty vivid. So can you kind of uh, tell us about your circumstance, what was going on the, the, that night in March when you, when you encountered, the, encountered this, this fleeing suspect from a, from a police officer? So we were en route back home from Tulsa, and we had gotten to Cylon Springs, and uh, we were heading uh, towards uh, Springdale on 412, and all of a sudden, the Cylon Springs Police Department come up behind us, and so we pulled over into the lane, to the far right lane in front of the Chevy dealership, to get out of their path and so i turned around and looked behind me and to see if there was any more cops coming and as soon as i flipped back around we were hit head on by a person that was being chased by the to my knowledge the arkansas state police and the washington county police and benton county everybody under the sun Mm -hmm. and so anyway he ran smack into us head on while we were parked alongside the road and the result of it was and I was in the back seat and I broke my leg in three places 
and had to stay in the hospital almost two weeks because I had surgery and um, started out in a wheelchair and a walker and now I'm on to crutches but we're getting better yeah. and you know I was lucky because um, a lot of people I think in my instance maybe do not have the best insurance and stuff like that. So I had good car insurance and I have good medical insurance. So for me, a lot of it, I didn't have to come out with a whole lot of money out of my own pocket, um, which was nice. But I feel bad for people that maybe do not have the circumstance that I have or possibly even the job because my job afforded me to be able to work from home. So I haven't really missed any time there from work, which was nice. So, but I do worry about people that are not as fortunate as I am myself. But then I also have to wonder, this whole accident started because of a police chase that stemmed from Tawny Town. Um, and a lot of it was observing the guy and he had went left to center according to the police report so i really have to wonder you went from tawny town clear to asylum springs you know should you have stopped you know mm -hmm. and turned around you know and or should you got a hold of asylum springs police department before you did to lay down the strips because when they passed us that's what they were doing was going to lay down strips so he wouldn't get into town. Unfortunately, it was just too late. Yeah. So, what What you're talking I about think, there is I that... think what uh, what Kathy experienced there uh, is what one of the keys to our story, is, in that uh, these uh, police departments and cities have uh, sovereign immunity, and they're only going to be liable up to the, what their insurance coverage is, and that's generally for most uh, for most cities about twenty five thousand dollars. And that's not going to help a whole lot in uh, your health care or replacing your car. Yeah, particularly if you don't have insurance on either one. So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, to my knowledge, everything I have been told is we have no recourse to go against anybody to help out with pain and suffering or anything. Because, of course, the individual that hit us, he didn't have insurance or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And he's going to. Well, according to the prosecuting attorney, spend some additional time in jail. But I've been told, and maybe Ron, Ron I thought, was going to check into it if I had any recourse to go against any, yeah. like the Tawny Police Department or something like that. Right. But I, and, my, and I think Ron's, I, yeah, Ron's story addresses that. Uh, uh, cities uh, have, uh, have, have what's called tort immunity in these situations. Is that right, Ron? That's correct. Um, I've run into it quite a bit in federal court cases where, uh, where a city is sued and by someone and uh, they have immunity as long as, uh, yeah. as long as it's not someone doing something really stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and the, the immunity extends for, for, you know, in most cases, uh, it, it protects a city or a government entity from, from, from the kind of lawsuit that, that, that someone in Kathy's position might bring. There are rare exceptions, and I know your story addresses one of those, uh, Ron. Yeah, and, and I think that, was, that one was one where uh, the uh, actions of the, 
of the straight state trooper involved in that one were just over the top. The, uh, the agency itself had uh, determined that uh, his actions were improper. He had uh, used a uh, pit maneuver to uh, to try to stop a uh, lady who was speeding and ended up flipping her car. Yeah. Uh, and as I, re- as I recall, well, I won't give the whole story away, but as I recall that the... Uh, uh, the, the, the driver wasn't really fleeing. The driver just hadn't stopped, uh, was looking for a place to pull over at the time that the maneuver was done. Is that, is that, am I remembering yeah, that correctly? There, there were uh, concrete barriers along the road and she was apparently looking for a gap in the barrier so she could safely pull over yeah. and, uh, never got a chance. Yeah. Now, uh, you know, on the other hand, I know there, there have been, your story also relates some instances where, uh, law enforcement has uh, has has in in pursuits have uh, used certain maneuvers to stop fleeing suspects uh, that you know clearly uh, uh, clearly protected uh, uh, innocent people, innocent bystanders. Uh, uh, for example, oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yeah. it works both ways. Yeah. Uh, I, I cited at least two examples of uh, troopers putting themselves in their car in danger in order to stop drivers who are driving the wrong direction on the interstate. Mm-hmm. Those, those are both on I-40, correct? Correct. Yeah. So, um, now, and, and you talked basically, and, and Kathy mentioned this to you about, you know, when do you make the decision to pursue a suspect and when do you make a precision decision not to pursue that suspect and try to, try to, 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 uh, to, to find them later, um, talk a little bit about the policies that you 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 found among local law enforcement agencies about you know how how are how are officers trained to make that decision. The short version is uh, most of them are told that uh, if if it's an offense that would not lead to an arrest, you let them go. Mm-hmm. Catch up with them later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the state police uh, have even uh, even more on that. They uh, they have a uh, commanding officer listening in during the during a pursuit, and he can call it off at any time. Yeah, but smaller departments probably are going to have are going to have that kind of that that kind of now, uh, a, uh, a small rural department is not going to have that. They just don't have the manpower for that. Mm-hmm. So, but as Kathy, you know, said, you know, the, you know, the, the, the incident that she was involved in had started way back in Tiny Town and, and then the, the crash happened in Salem Springs. So that's, you know, um, if you drive the speed limit, that's a 15, 20, 25 minute drive. So there was, you know, quite a bit of time to, for, for, uh, for someone to evaluate whether this was a good idea or not. Um, yeah. And I don't know for sure, but. But by, by that point, they may have known he had active warrants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that. We ought to point that out too. Is that is that the the person involved in in Kathy's accident had a number of active warrants. He was well known uh, well known to local law enforcement. Yeah, yeah. And I do agree with that. Whether though, I don't know for sure if they knew that at the time because mm-hmm. supposedly he was driving a vehicle that was not registered to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't quite know if they, I don't know if they would have. If, if they knew who yeah, it was the, at the time. The report does not make that clear. Right. Yeah. We just don't know. Yeah. So, well, it's one of those very difficult 
you know, life, obviously life and death decisions that, that police officers are called upon to make uh, uh, um, periodically. And uh, uh, I'm not sure there's an easy answer, but uh, there certainly is a, uh, uh, as we, as Kathy can tell you, there certainly is some, uh, there certainly are some negative consequences if, uh, if the chase gets out of hand uh, the way this one did. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I say the Salem Springs Police Department was very nice in trying to take care of me and my husband and my brother-in-law. You know, I have no ill will towards yeah. the police departments by no way. Yeah. You know, we were just caught up in a yeah. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, uh, obviously, it's not, not something anybody wanted to happen. But uh, I appreciate you saying that. Uh, at the same time, we do. You know, it's it's. You know, uh, it is worth asking the question when you know uh, was when these decisions get made. What's the what's the uh, um, what are the parameters used to make those decisions, and and do those need to be reevaluated reevaluated when something like this happens? So, um, Kathy, you mentioned your 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 husband and brother in law was it who was in the car with you at the time? Uh, were they, yeah, uh, yeah um, uh, were, were they injured uh, as well in the accident? Believe it or not, my husband was driving, and all he got was a scratch on his elbow. Mm. Uh, I don't know what happened, and my brother-in-law was in the front seat, and he had to spend a, not, a night in the hospital mm-hmm. also just to check out some stuff. He had some, I think, some cracked ribs and some mm-hmm. just, you know, all little stuff like that um yeah. but he was able to at least go home the next day yeah. um but yeah it it was me <laughs> yeah well and and you mentioned this earlier but it's uh but you're you're on the mend and uh, you've graduated from a wheelchair to a walker now on crutches when are you going to be out uh, running marathons and, and dancing again well i don't think i'm gonna be out doing it <laughs> that at all but yeah. You know, we, you know, it's been four months as of the 6th of the July, and we are actually leaving on vacation next week. Mm-hmm. Just get out of town because I just felt like I've been so cooped between yeah. not being able to really go a whole lot of places. <laughs> yeah. So, so. well, uh, we all hope you have a great time next week on vacation, a very safe time on vacation. Yeah. Very yeah. safe time. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we are. You're not driving, are you? <laughs> no, no, my husband's driving because. Okay. But... Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not driving. Yeah. All right. So, well, Kathy, we are we are so glad you're you're getting better. Uh, just uh, and and uh, uh, it sure was nice that uh, we were able you were able to work from home uh, while you were recovering too. Because I'm not sure what we could have done without you. Could have what we would have done without you here at the newspaper. So. <laughs> I appreciate that very much, Rusty. All right. So uh, I want to thank my guests today for talking about this story about high-speed chases. Um, My guests today were Ron Wood. He's the reporter for the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. His story about high-speed chases will appear in Sunday's edition of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. And also thank Kathy Staggs, who works here at the newspaper, who was involved in the in the accident uh, that we that we've talked about and i appreciate you sharing your story with us kathy we really appreciate it thank you we've got some other great content coming your way in this weekend's editions of the northwest arkansas democrat gazette and i'll preview some of those for you right now 
You'll get to meet Dennis Riddle. He will be taking over as the new president of Northwest Arkansas Community College. Janelle Jessen has an interview. We'll also have a story about independent committees who made political contributions uh, in advance of the May 24th primary election. The way these committees are structured, voters didn't have a chance to know where the money came from or who was involved in those committees until after the election. So we'll take a look at that. Bentonville schools are dealing with a problem with vandalism in the restrooms at Bentonville High School. Mike Jones will have the details. Lorinda Jinks will tell us about some neighborhoods in Springdale who've complained to the city council about cars traveling at excessive speeds in their neighborhoods. We'll tell you what the city is going to do about that. The Bentonville History Museum is in search of its first director. They're hiring now, and Mike Jones will have those details. Monica Brick will tell us What's going on at Parrot Island Water Park in Fort Smith? Thomas Sassente will also update us on the Marshalls Museum in Fort Smith. They're in search of a new director, and we'll find out how their fundraising's going. All of these stories and more will be in the weekend editions of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. If you're a subscriber, you've got access to it all through our website at nwaonline.com and through our smartphone and tablet apps. If you're not a subscriber, please consider signing up. All you have to do is go to our website and click on the subscribe button. You can also call us at 479-684-5509. Again, that number is 479-684-5509. By subscribing to the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, you support local journalism. That means we'll be able to keep bringing you the stories that you need to know. Thanks for joining us today on the Know the News podcast. My name is Rusty Turner. We'll be back next Friday with a new edition. So long.